Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Today's episode of the podcast is a really interesting one. It's going to give you a lot of food for thought. And overall, I think it's a pretty positive episode, but it kind of comes from a place or the inspiration for this episode kind of comes from a place of negativity, which I just feel I need to start with. So basically, in a nutshell, I've been seeing a lot of people around me succeed recently, which is great. Like, I feel like this has been a, a season of success for a lot of my friends, for a lot of random strangers I follow on Instagram. Like, I've seen a lot of people succeeding. And naturally, <laughs> you know, you're happy for them, but then also you're like, okay, I need to step up my game, or like, wow, I'm kind of jealous of them. They're so lucky. Like, how were they in the right place at the right time? You know, how were they able to, you know, accomplish this with the same resources I have? Like I am in the same boat as them, but they are like miles and miles ahead of me. And gosh, they're so lucky. And I kept finding myself going there to the luck realm, not like, oh, they earned it, but like, oh, they're so lucky. And I kept having to catch myself and be like, wait a second, no, this person worked very hard for this. Their success is not my failure. You know, we've talked about that before. But I, I always jump to this like, oh, they're so lucky, you know, mentality. And it could be either in work, like they landed an awesome job or something, or they, you know, created this awesome project, or they're gaining followers or something. Or in the romantic realm, like, oh, they're getting engaged, they found someone. And it's more so in that realm of success where I instantly jump to, they're so lucky. Like I say that that phrase and luck is what I really gravitate towards in that realm. It's like, oh, they didn't earn it. They, they you know, they're lucky, which I want to talk about today. Just the whole concept surrounding lucky people, jealousy driven by the lucky people who just seem to glide through life. I want to talk about luck just in full. Is it possible to make your own luck? Is luck made or is it completely left up to chance? I mean, let's just talk about luck today. And actually, this reminds me of that like 2012 Zac Efron movie, The Lucky One, which like if you guys remember, he was like in the war and found this photo of this woman 
And I don't want to like spoil it, but I'm sure, I mean, it's been years now, so many people have already seen it. But basically he finds this photo of a woman on like the ground somewhere when he's like in battle and it saves him from like getting hit by a landmine. So he makes it his life mission, Zac Efron, to find the woman whose photo saved his life, like in a stroke of luck. So I think that's why it's called the lucky one. But anyway, I have a lot of thoughts (laughs) surrounding luck, which I will share with you guys today and sprinkle in some history, of course, and some stories along the way. It's going to be fun. So first, let's define luck. What does the internet say? What is luck exactly? Because I was kind of off with my mental definition of what luck is. So the internet says, the internet dictionary says, it's a noun, success or failure apparently brought by chance rather than one's own actions. And an example, it was just luck that the first kick went in. And similarly, so chance considered as a force that causes good or bad things to happen. So I always thought when I thought of the definition of luck, I thought it was a good thing. Like luck was always a good thing. But I think, you know, this has taught me otherwise, like luck can be a good or bad thing. It's basically just an event, a noun, like a thing that comes forth, you know, brought on by chance. That's the buzz phrase there. It's brought by chance rather than someone's own actions. So the word luck's origin is apparently Middle Dutch coming from luk, L-U-C, could be luk luck, which is a shortening of geluk, meaning happiness, good fortune. So interesting. And some sources actually point to the term being introduced into English in the 15th century as a gambling term, which makes sense. So similar to superstitions, you guys know we did that whole episode on the history of superstitions. Humans believe in luck, like things happening, you know, by chance, but someone having this like this palpable thing, this like, you know, God is smiling on them, like sort of situation, like good luck. Humans believe in in good luck purely because we like to come up with explanations for the seemingly inexplicable things, very similar to superstitions. It's like we can't allow things to just go unexplained. As humans, we crave control. And so we pull explanations out of thin air. We put our faith in crystals and amulets and good luck charms. We manifest, we squeeze our eyes shut and will the universe to give us what we want. And we have done this for centuries, you know? And when I just said that, like, obviously I'm thinking this through as I'm speaking aloud, I was thinking about, okay, long story short, because it's quite the tale, but I used to, I guess this was like two years ago now in the city, I went on this date that was really great. At first, I wore this black turtleneck dress that wrapped at the waist, beautiful dress from Reformation. It was like wintertime when I went on these dates and I wore the dress to the first date that I went on with this guy and he ended up ghosting me. It was really sad because I really liked him. It was a good date. And so then I put the dress on again. I was like, I love this dress. I refuse to believe that this dress is cursed. So I will wear it again for the next date I go on with like another guy, like the first date with another guy. So I wore the same exact dress again. (laughs) And that guy also, like, I don't think he ghosted me, but it didn't work out. And I'm like, okay, this dress is bad luck. Like I refuse to believe that these two dates 
were just bad or like good and then, you know, didn't go anywhere because of anything besides the dress. Like I, my brain needed to fault something. Like it couldn't possibly be me that was at fault. <laughs> like it's definitely the dress was bad luck. And yeah, I mean, that's just proof in the pudding of like when it comes to luck, you know, humans believe in certain things like that because we want to come up with explanations. We we want to, which I'll get into later, we want to find patterns. Patterns, we love patterns in life. So, okay. When it comes to luck, <laughs> some of the earliest known efforts to ward off bad luck can be traced back to 1500 BCE, so a long freaking time ago. And anthropologists confirm that ancient cave writings also point to the desire of human beings to keep bad luck at bay. So luck has been, is not a new concept. It's been around forever. And there's just one quote that I came across while researching by Emily Dickinson, which we're going to come back to again because it's a really interesting quote. So she was an American poet, as you might know, and she said, Luck is not chance, it's toil. Fortune's expensive smile is earned. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So this is interesting. I feel there's a lot of different definitions for what luck is. I feel like maybe all of us are not on the same page when it comes to what does luck even mean? Like to Emily Dickinson, she says, luck is not chance which literally goes against the dictionary definition I read to you guys earlier. <laughs> she says that luck is toil. It's hard work. You know, good fortune is something that comes to you when you've earned it, when you've worked hard, which I agree with her. I agree with her, but luck is still an interesting thing that I, I still like, I'm still going to be saying this. I'm still going to be like, oh, you're so lucky. Like, oh, good luck. 
you know, I'm going to be saying this, so I need to wrap my my head around why humans are so obsessed with luck. So that is the purpose of today's episode. So yeah, I mean, interesting. So some people would say that luck is by chance. Some people say that luck is earned. It's toil. It's, you know, something that you work towards and then you get good fortune from that. So what is the truth? What is luck really? I think it's less about luck, like the success or the failure, and more about the randomness, okay? The randomness that seemingly caused the success or failure that makes us, you know, scratch our heads and wonder if there was a reason for the random, keyword random, good or bad events. Like I think a lot of this life is being in the right place at the right time. Like I fully believe in that. I think that there's certain, you know, strokes of luck that happen because you were in the right place at the right time, but it's all, you know, centered on this idea of randomness. Like it was a random occurrence that the stars aligned and it was random, random, random. And I'm super interested in how human brains process randomness. Can we process randomness or does it make us uncomfortable and unable to fully process it in the same way that we would process a pattern, something that makes sense with clear cause and effect? So I came across this story that I want to share with you guys from history in a Psychology Today article. And this story, God, gave me full freaking body chills, full body chills. And I'm going to link the full article in the show notes of the episode so you guys can read the entire thing. But here is a little snippet about this story that revolves around randomness, or as some would say, luck. Elise O'Kane, a flight attendant with United Airlines, had wanted to work her usual trip from Boston to LA back in 2001. But when signing up for flights in August for the month of September, she accidentally entered an incorrect code into the airline's computer system and was assigned to the wrong schedule. She managed to swap flights with other attendants for all of her trips, except for one, flight 175 on September 11th. She tried again to request that flight on the computer system the night before, but the system froze, and by the time it finally processed her request, she'd missed the airline's deadline by one minute, so her request for flight 175 was denied. She resigned herself to flying to Denver instead of L.A., And so Elise's Denver-bound plane left Logan Airport between American Airlines Flight 11, which crashed into the World Trade Center's North Tower, and United's Flight 175, the one that she was supposed to be on, which struck the South Tower. Full body chills, guys. (laughs) That is just crazy, crazy, crazy. When her colleagues found out that she was not on board, Flight 175. They showered her with tears and hugs, telling her repeatedly, God has a plan for you and you were meant to be here. After taking the time to consider what such a meaningful plan might be, she eventually entered a career as a nurse, feeling a need to give back and fulfill herself. So, September 11th, 2001 was a tragedy. Many people were not lucky on September 11th. Put simply, living in New York, you know, we think about this day every day. So taking a moment to recognize that first and how horrible those events were. But this story points to how unfairly random that day was in good life-saving ways and other sad life-ending ways. I mean, some would say that Elise was, quote, lucky, you know, had the good, good fortune, the good luck of 
this random event, this random wrench in her plan that ultimately saved her life. You know, many people on this day and the days afterwards were left pleading with God, with the universe, saying, why? Why my family? Why him? Why her? Why not him? Why not her? Randomness, guys. It's hard for our brain to wrap itself around randomness because like I said earlier, our very human brains crave patterns. We crave cause that leads directly to effect with no shortcuts, no deviating from this clear-cut, easy-to-process path from cause to effect. When patterns don't exist, our brains have this tendency to sometimes to invent them. And, you know, this goes back to evolutionary, you know, human instinct to create patterns to protect yourself. You know, knowing how something has gone down in the past with a predator and remembering that. And when something seems to emulate that, you know, we, our adrenaline kicks in and we try to recreate that pattern and how we survive things the first time. So, you know, that's an evolutionary kind of example. But another one that we can kind of wrap our heads around now is, you know, when you look at the sky sometimes and you're looking at the clouds, you know, sometimes you can see like a face or like an animal or like some sort of visual, like something in the clouds that obviously is not there. Like obviously we know it's a cloud, but our brains kind of trick ourselves for a second and we think we see something that just like is not there. It incorrectly processes the shape as something we've seen before, you know, to prepare us, I guess, in theory for the potential of experiencing that thing. And we do a double take, but we can't unsee it. We want to process a pattern in the cloud. So like I said before, our brains take confusing events with no pattern, no rhyme, no reason, no distinct purpose to point to, and we label them luck. You know, luck, a success or failure apparently brought by chance rather than through one's own actions. Dumb luck, chance. But some will say that luck can be earned. And this really got me thinking. Like, I was really intrigued by this one article that I came across. It's called, I'll have it linked. It's called We Make Our Own Luck by Russell C. Smith. And he says, Russell says, being an active participant in your own life is one way to find some of the luck lucky people have. Russell believes that luck can be created. It doesn't have to be by chance or accident. But this this is confusing to me, similarly to the Emily Dickinson quote, kind of, because the very definition of luck, like I literally have said three times now, is success or failure brought by chance, not by action. So isn't it kind of like an oxymoron to say that you can invent your own luck? when like the very definition of it is that it's it's something that just like hits you like a truck but i think that russell might be onto something with this active participant situation like i think instead of making your own luck you can attempt to accept the randomness of life maybe not love it and like prefer it over pattern but you can attempt to accept that randomness is that so is life like that is life to not you know feel so stressed and anxious when you're confronted by randomness and i think one of the ways we can go about doing this is through being an active participant in our lives like russell said by saying no 
when I want to say no by curating my days to the best of my ability, mirroring my, you know, interests, making my life and, you know, work reflect my loves, not my hates, and doing less of the things that trigger your stress, which obviously is like in a perfect world. You're obviously going to have to do things in life that you don't like, but and that feel really random and that feel really unfair and all those things, but it's about accepting that randomness is going to happen and I'm I'm, you know, surrendering. I'm not going to be so afraid. I guess not surrendering, that's the wrong word. I'm not going to allow myself to be so put off like affected by the randomness. I'm going to take it in stride and be like, okay, that sucked, but we're going to carry on. Like, (laughs) you know, take it in stride, you know, and and I feel when in life you, you feel like you have a strong grip, control over your life, maybe even in just like a few areas or like one area, because obviously you can't have it all together all the time. That's like what I said earlier. That's just impossible. But the more control you have, which is achieved by what we just said, being an active participant in your life, by being a main character, by driving the car instead of sitting in the backseat of your life. You know, you're, you achieve more control by being an active participant, by grabbing that, you know, the reins of your life and taking control. And good things in doing that, good things that happen will feel less like a stroke of dumb luck and more like something earned, something really good that happened to you. But back to the randomness thing that I, you know, I want to begin accepting because that kind of clashes with this point that I just made about control. I just realized. So embracing the randomness, guys, means not always having control. But I think, okay, hear me out. I think in a weird way, once you embrace randomness, it kind of gives you a semblance of control. I think it requires less effort once you believe it'll all be okay, even if things don't seem to make sense and just happen. Like this might be the weirdest analogy in the history of Katie analogies on thick and thin, but when I first moved to New York, I had the hardest time standing up on the subway, like on our you know, uh, public transportation underground, our subway you know system. If you guys aren't familiar, I always had to grab onto a railing or like sit in a seat because I'd get thrown and like couldn't, you know, and I had to hold on to like a handrail and it's like gross to hold on to things on the subway because you never know like what's going to be there or what's been there. It's like not very sanitary. So I would try, you know, recently I've been trying really hard to stand without holding on to anything and kind of like, you know, putting my legs far apart and holding myself like firmly in place. And over the years, I've begun to master it, like not holding on to anything. And the movements of the subway guys can be super random, you know, stopping, going, slowing down, speeding up, running over objects on the tracks and people moving around you and like needing needing to get behind you and stuff. So it's less about memorizing the movements because it's like so random and you can't predict it. It's more about keeping your body alert and constantly rebalancing yourself every few seconds, you know, leaning here and there. But it's not about memorizing the movement. It's not about predicting how the subway car is going to lurch one way or another because it's not, there's no pattern to it. It's about getting oddly comfortable with the randomness of the subway's movements. And I've learned in my adult years that it's possible to become comfortable with 
the uncomfortable. Maybe it's less about predicting everything and more about finding control, balancing all of life's you know plates in a way where you can just accept that perfection isn't possible. So anyway, <laughs> this has been like a word vomit episode. Hope you guys are making sense of some of this, but I don't know if I believe in luck. I don't know if I believe in luck by definition. You know, I've sure as hell said it a million times and told people that they're lucky and chalked up someone's success to pure dumb luck out of jealousy. But I I don't know if I believe in luck by de- definition, but I know that I believe in hard work. Fortune's expensive smile is earned. I'm going to say that part of the Emily Dickinson quote over and over and over to myself until I'm blue in the face because it's so good. But I think that the reason we have this obsession with luck or saying that others are lucky, like you're so lucky you found the love of your life. Like what if you didn't go to that one bar that night or end up at the same college and lived on the hall? Like what luck, what chance? We point to luck because like I said, we we crave control, we love patterns, but also I think this is my main reason, honestly, which like isn't glamorous. You know, we as humans can be egotistical. Put simply, we can be obsessed with ourselves sometimes. And, you know, pointing to luck as a reason for something can sometimes make us feel better about our own hard work that we put in, the hard work that maybe isn't rewarded when other people seems to be. Like I get bitter and, and jealous all the time of people I don't even know on Instagram. And it's like a fleeting moment of like, darn, I'm jealous of that person. And I can like correctly label it. I know the emotion is jealousy, but jealousy is obviously a human thing that happens. And like anyone that says they've never been jealous or aren't jealous on a, you know, decently regular basis is lying like hundred percent. It happens, but it's about harnessing that and like getting control of the jealousy and not acting out of jealousy, like just maybe thinking it, allowing yourself to think the thought and then like get it out of there because it's not going to help you. It's just going to make you bitter and, you know, it's not going to help you in your work at all. Like maybe other people's success can motivate you, but jealousy is just not the emotion to latch onto there. It's not inspiration over jealousy, you know? But anyway, so like I said, we can become obsessed with ourselves sometimes and we point to luck as a reason for something that someone else has done to make us feel better about our own stuff. You know, we sometimes want to explain a situation that we deem really great, you know, like so like good luck by saying, "Ah, oh, they're so lucky," not "Ah, oh, they're such a hard worker. They deserve this." Sometimes I think saying someone is lucky can be an insult. <laughs> like if you think about it, like someone that tells me I'm like, "Oh, you're so lucky." Like I'd rather be like or have them say to me, Oh, Katie, you're so hardworking. Or, oh, you really deserve this. So I guess let's just like take a moment. Let's reflect on this. I guess in the future, moving forward, when I want to congratulate someone or admit or just share with someone that or validate their success or whatever, I'm not going to say, you're so lucky. Like that is an insult. <laughs> They've worked hard. I guess you're allowed to say I'm lucky about myself, right? As kind of like a way to like, bring us back down to earth, but I don't know. I mean, let's just think of our girls, Brittany and Taylor, who wrote songs about the truth behind being lucky and like the real, like peeling back the the curtain. You know, they'll tell you that you're lucky, but you're so confused. God, I love that song. Or, you know, she's so lucky. She's a star, but she cry, cry, cries with a lonely heart. 
you catch my drift? It's like maybe being lucky is like the worst thing ever to say about a person because truly they don't feel as lucky as you're telling them that they should feel, you know? So anyway, when the pattern isn't there, guys, when cause does not lead to effect, my hard work doesn't lead to the same success as someone else's that doesn't seem to have worked as hard as, as me and, you know, isn't as developed as mine. We point to dumb luck. It's interesting, but it maybe is a, a pattern that we should stop. You know, food for thought there, guys. Yeah. So do you believe in luck? Like, do you believe in things happening by chance? Do you think that, I mean, good things, let's take good things for a second. Good things, do they happen? Can they happen by chance? I think Yes, they can, but more often than not, and it tastes a lot sweeter when it's done through hard work. Like Emily Dickinson said, like that guy Russell said in his article, you know, it's you can maybe not make your own luck, but you can make your own, you can make your own rewards. You can make your own success for sure. But I think that, you know, luck and hard work are in completely different categories. And life is kind of this like beautiful concoction of both. And like you can't fully rely on luck coming in and, you know, saving the day because sometimes it comes in and it helps you out. Sometimes it hurts you. You know, sometimes it's like, well, why, why me? Why not them? Or why them? Why not me? But I think that, yeah, you just, you have to focus on the the hard work. And luck will kind of be this like fleeting ghostly visitor every once in a while and come in and surprise you. So anyway, guys, those are my thoughts on luck. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll have a few sources linked in the show notes if you guys want to keep reading on all this stuff and read more stuff from the experts on this. Um, But thanks for listening, guys. I will talk to you all next Thursday. Definitely, as a reminder, check out my other podcast that I started called Match Made in Manhattan with my two best friends, Adam and Colby. We post episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All you have to do is go to your little search bar on there and type in Match Made in Manhattan and we will pop up. So check that out and I will talk to you guys all next Thursday and next Tuesday. Okay, bye. (laughs) 